This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushduni. Chapter 40, The Need to Confess. Both the police and reporters are familiar with the criminals need to confess. While the third degree once existed, one police detective told me that it was not necessary. Many criminals were eager to confess. According to an old proverb, open confession is good for the soul. But it is not only the police and priests to whom confession is made, it is made often to friends and to strangers, to someone who seems receptive or kindly, often on the belief that a sin confessed is a sin half atoned. Some confessions are made without any apparent shame and even with pride, in effect saying, no one is half as bad as I am. I heard of a girl, a long distance from home, working at a bar as a nude waitress. She boasted that she received more tips than any other girl without doing things the other girls did. At the same time, she made her friends swear to never tell her parents what she was doing. Here there was a mixture of pride and shame. At the same time, her demand of her friend, swear you won't tell, was interesting. Swear by what? The God she had heard about as a girl in church, in whom she did not believe? The whole area of confession is now a murky abyss. Because the churches have more or less abandoned confession does not make it any the less a moral and psychological necessity. Psychoanalysts and others have built empires on this need. Perhaps the best of the psychoanalysts was Theodore Reich, whose study of masochism is a very important account of man's self-confession by means of self-punishment. Masochism is a deeply rooted fact in modern man because of this need to confess. Reich's Masochism in Modern Man, 1941, is a classic but an impotent one. He speaks of the need for punishment. He says that to be punished is to be loved. The premise of the masochist is, to put it theologically, first the atonement, then the sin. His solution to the problem is nonsense. High moral demands are incompatible with our human nature, he says. True enough, since we are fallen creatures. So, what are his solutions? Quote, We all live beyond our moral means. Let us be more tolerant towards our aggressive feelings, towards our mean, cruel and vindictive thoughts. We should, at least in our daydreams, dare to give the devil a fair chance. In other words, grin and bear it because there is no hope. Reich, in another context, returns to the same conclusion. Quote, One of the most serious factors impairing the strength of the ego is unconscious guilt feeling. An over An over-severe conscience frightens and terrifies the person. Thus conscience doth make cowards of us all. 
One of the most important tasks of the psychoanalyst is to strengthen the self-confidence of his neurotic patients by reducing the demands of a too severe superego and to accept himself. This difficult task much be, must be approached also in convincing the patient that he has kindness besides hostility, love besides hate, and helpfulness besides maliciousness. End quote. A little later, Reich speaks of sex as redemption. Quote, in this sense, sexual satisfaction in a mature sense is comparable to an oasis desi desired on a march through the desert. End quote. Modern education has followed the psychoanalytic model. Its sex education classes offer redemption through sexual satisfaction and encourage, instead of confession, tolerance towards sins and building up self-esteem. One result is that morally delinquent children and young people are outraged when parents call attention to their sins and offences. The parents do not understand. Their ego is threatened by such indictments, when what they need is to have their self-esteem inflated. Even worse, the churches are teaching the same self-esteem, the power of positive thinking, possibility thinking, Jesus loves you no matter what you do, and so on and so on. Confession has not disappeared because the churches have abandoned it. It has reappeared in other forms. The amount of confession without grace that goes on, for example, among youth, is startling. It is also very graphic, pornographic, and sometimes boastful. Quite obviously, there has been a dramatic shift in man's thinking about himself. Dr. Richard L. Jenkins, MD, former Chief of Psychiatric Research, Psychiatry and Neurology Service, Veterans Administration, Washington, D.C., cited the difference in 1954. The term conscience, he said, is religious, we would add Christian in the Western world. Another concept has replaced it, the Freudian superego, primitive, infantile and irrational, something in man which is a product of his environment, not of himself. Conscience leads to, to guilt feelings when we sin and the need for repentance, confession and restitution. The superego concept leads to a need to sever ourselves from the teachings of the faith, the family, the school and the past. The superego idea leads thus to moral and social anarchism. State schools do not use the Freudian terminology without using the idea, and they fail to realise that they are committing suicide in the process. Their products will destroy them and their world. The offhand remark of a teenager, unreflecting and without any but an existential and momentary meaning, is very telling. Who needs school? Indeed, in a world of rebellion against the superego, who needs church, state, school, family or civilization? Our state schools are now schools for barbarians. There is now a rejection of the fact that guilt feelings are a healthy reaction to sins committed and that repentance, confession and restitution are moral necessities. To repent is to recognise our guilt. This is very important because there can be no advance in any society where sin and guilt are not recognised and dealt with. Sin and guilt remain to fester and to lead to even more evil. As we have seen, humanistic confession has become popular to other youths, men, women, anyone but God. 
the Dominican scholar Antonio Moreno refers to Jung's idea of confession and sums it up tellingly. Quote, Confession is a therapeutical necessity in confronting our shadow, our sins and our guilt. A secret shared with several persons is as beneficial as a merely private secret is destructive. The latter, Jung says, works like a burden of guilt, cutting off the unfortunate possessor from communion with his fellows. But if we are conscious of what we are concealing, the harm done is decidedly less than if we do not know what we are repressing. In this case, the hidden content is kept secret even from ourselves. Hence, generally speaking, an unconscious secret is more injurious than a conscious one. All personal secrets, therefore, have the effect of sin or guilt, whether or not they are, from the standpoint of popular morality, wrongly secrets. Through confession, we throw ourselves into the arms of humanity again, freed at last from the burden of moral exile. End quote. God is replaced by humanity and confession is made to humanity. This need to confess was most brutally and savagely used by Stalin and the Soviet Union. The goal, beginning with the purges of the 1930s, was to compel the victims to confess publicly their misdeeds. The so-called court trials became a form of public confession. One victim after another stood up to recite a required confession. All these men had been broken because their God was humanity, the revolution, and for the sake of the revolution, they were required to play their part. This was no freakish event. The US Congress, by supposedly granting immunity, requires confession from all whom it legally compels to come before it. Self-incrimination is set aside by Congress and the constitutional immunity waived. While not as brutal as the Soviet version, the US Congress grows steadily more brutal in its enforced confessions. If we will not confess to God, we will be compelled to confess to men. Confession is a moral necessity. If we deny its Christian form, we will soon face its anti-Christian and demonic manifestations. This is the end of chapter 40. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.